Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you'll find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows to do the same. This is not a grief group. This is your journey. This may just show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and of The Widow Coach, and I'm a professionally certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey back to who you are begin. Welcome back, my friends. This is going to be class number four. Just some of the basic material that I teach in the Widow Coaches class. This part is about processing feelings, and I've talked about this before on previous episodes here. So if you want to get a good overview on feelings, there are a couple episodes you could also jump back and review. Episode 26 is on how to feel better. And I explore in that episode how you can explore your thoughts that are creating your current feelings and how thinking different thoughts can change your feelings. Episode 72 was recent. That was just this year. And that was on processing feelings. Um, I talked on that, how we're not necessarily meant to feel happy all the time. <laughs> As a society, we seem to think that we're supposed to be happy all the time, all the time, because we see everybody's post on Facebook and it's all looking so happy and everybody's having these wonderful, glorious lives because nobody is posting pictures when the dog is throwing up in the kitchen and the children are fighting, right? So we think life is supposed to be happy all the time. And then when we're not happy, we think something's wrong. We're being cheated. <laughs> we're not happy. The truth is that as human beings, we're not meant to be happy, happy, happy all the time, right? So um, review episode 72, if you like. It's pretty awesome. Today, I just want to jump in and cover a few pieces of this topic. You may hear me shuffling papers around a bit because I have my notes here that I teach from. First of all, I want to talk to you about why feelings actually do matter. I've talked in the first few episodes, the last few episodes in covering classes about the model and beginning to realize and accept that your feelings don't come from anything or anyone outside of you, right? We talked about being able to separate out the facts from the story and knowing the story is all the thoughts you're telling yourself about the facts. And all those thoughts that you're having are what create your feelings. It's not the circumstance. It's not the person. It's not he made me mad. What you think about what he did is what's making you mad. Now, when people realize this, when you first learn that your thoughts are not coming from outside of you, that they're actually created by your feelings, you immediately want to swap out thoughts. Like, oh, I need to get a better thought. I'll feel better. Let me just change my thought. But that's not the whole point of it. And that's not even going to be a permanent 
improvement. Like you can try that. It might help a little in the moment. But the more important thing is to understand what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, and allowing yourself to feel it. That's the big deal, especially when you are a widow and you have all those emotions racing around at once. And we try to resist those emotions. And if you resist your emotions, your feelings, they are going to intensify and not go away. I describe this like trying to hold a beach ball under water when you're in the pool. If you've done that when you were a kid, if you try to push the beach ball down with one hand and hold it underwater, the further you try to push it down underwater, the harder it gets to control and it pushes back at you. And when you take your hand off, it whooshes up out of the pool, straight up into the air with all that force. That's what happens when you try to shove down your feelings. It's the same way. They become stronger. They push back. And when they explode on you, man, it's meltdown time. The truth is, if you can just allow the feeling to be there, it's going to dissipate like in 90 seconds. Yeah, 90 seconds. The first time I heard that, I was like mind blown. I said, wait a minute, what do you mean feelings only last 90 seconds? Now understand, I've been an emotional eater uh, almost all of my life. And... um if I started having an uncomfortable feeling, I would just go get something to eat that would just distract me from the feeling. What I didn't realize was I could just sit there and allow it for 90 seconds and it would ease off and it might come back like softer waves, smaller waves each time. So how do you do that? How do you sit for 90 seconds and allow a feeling? I like to do it by exploring and describing the feeling, finding it in my body. Because when you think a thought that results in a feeling, like that thought vibrates down into your body, it releases brain chemicals that even go down into your body that change how you feel. And if you can pay attention, this is why feelings are called feelings, because you feel it in your physical body. And I talk about feelings and emotions. I use those two words interchangeably. They're, they're all the same thing. When you are feeling a feeling in your body, you can identify where it is, right? You could tell, you can say whether it feels like you've been kicked in the stomach or you just feel heavy all over, like you're being drugged down by gravity. That's how depression feels to me. When I'm feeling kind of depressed, it's like my whole body is just being pulled down even harder by gravity. It's hard to want to even move or do anything, right? You can ask yourself what color the feeling is. Is it a warm feeling or a cold feeling? Is it a fast feeling or a slow feeling? You can really get into it to start identifying all the properties of how this feeling is in your body. By the time you do that and you name it, it's over. It's done. It's mind-blowing. That's how you can process a feeling. And it's so important to be able to do that. You don't want to just swap out a thought and have a new happy feeling. You want to be able to process your feelings. You want to be able to go a layer deeper to understand your feelings. And finally, you will be able to identify what it is you're thinking, 
You're choosing to think that's creating that feeling and decide if you want to keep that thought or not. But first, you need to really understand what you're thinking and why you're choosing to think that. You don't want to just swap it out right away. That's what affirmations would have you do. That's what uh, the law of attraction people often talk about. Uh, I used to think this too. Like you could just say, you know, all is peaceful and it right in my world. Or I will walk around saying, I love myself. I'm getting better and better every day. All of these things to just try to keep that good juice flowing. In the meantime, you're still going to have the thoughts that you have. And they don't go away. They're like this neuropathway that is firing in your brain. And it's not going to change until you really understand it and why it's there. If you take a moment to write down what you want in life, I mean what you really want in life, it can be not even in life. Because when I say what you want in life, people think they have to go to all the, the philanthropical stuff and be really like, I want world peace. Yeah, we all do. Um, but no, take a minute and write down what you want. It could even be like, I want a new car because my car is really old and I should get a car that I know is going to be reliable. Maybe you want a different job. Maybe you want to be able, instead of working a nine to five, to create something amazing in the world, all in your own right. Write down everything that you want, then go a layer deeper and ask yourself, what do you really, really want? And then finally ask yourself, how do you believe you'll feel when you get what you want? You're going to find in every case, it's really the feeling you're going to get from it that you desire. It's not what you think you want. You want to feel a certain way. Let me explain. I have a good prime example for you. The last time I took my PT Cruiser in to be serviced, and I love my PT Cruiser. I've had that car for years. It was one of the first ones off of the manufacturing line. Long story, I won't go into it all here, but I'm telling you, I created that car. Chrysler didn't create that car. I created Chrysler to create that car for me. It is my car. So um, I took Jezebel in for her oil change and I dropped her off. And as I was leaving, I was walking out through the Chrysler dealer showroom. And there, they've recently become a Chrysler slash Fiat dealer. And there on the showroom floor was this silver Fiat Abuerto Spider, Spider Abuerto. Don't laugh at me if I'm saying it wrong. It's like the, the high-end Spider. Gorgeous car. It was really pretty. It really looked like quality, like you could tell it was expensive. Just the way it was put together and the the real wood that was inside of the car and... It stopped me in my tracks. And it's been a long time since there was any other car that could stop me in my tracks because I love Jezebel so much. I do. This car just stopped me short. And I mean, I really stood there for a minute looking at that car and thinking, God, this is really nice. And I heard the voice of a salesman across the room say, you'd look great in that car. <laughs> and I laughed. I said, I know I would. I would look pretty hot in that car. 
And as I stood there looking at it, first of all, it would make no sense for me to buy that car. It's a little convertible sports car. I live in the Northeast where we get major snowstorms all winter long. So there's no way I would even be able to drive the car in the winter. And it's not like I could buy it and keep Jezebel and then just park it in the garage all winter because I just have this little tiny, tiny garage on my funny little old house. And it's just big enough that I can squeeze Jezebel in there, which is why she still looks great after 18 years. She's my baby and she stays in the garage. So there was no way I was going to buy this car. Plus, I knew something that I am teaching you now. And that was, as I stood there looking at that car, I knew I only wanted it for how I was going to feel if I had that car. I knew how I thought I would feel driving that car. And I stood there for a minute longer looking at this beautiful sports car allowing myself to feel all the feelings I would feel if I were driving that right off the showroom floor. And I realized I can feel that way when I get back in my 18-year-old silver PT cruiser to drive her home. I know I can because I think and feel the same way about Jezebel as I would about that sports car. I knew when I get in my PT cruiser, I'm going to look just as hot I'm going to feel just as hot driving that car, right? So it was all about what I wanted to feel that made me want to buy that sports car. That's why people talk about the midlife crisis car. They used to talk about particularly the sexist, but men in particular, like around the age of 50 would go buy a red sports car. And it wasn't because they really needed a red sports car. It was all about how they wanted to feel. They wanted to feel younger. They wanted to feel sportier. They wanted to feel that they were not in a mundane life anymore. And that sports car was giving them all those feelings, right? So knowing what you want and then understanding wanting it is because of how it's going to make you feel to have that is everything because then you come to understand that you can feel that way without even getting the things that you think you want. Right? It's a game changer. For example, perhaps a widow comes to me and says she needs a new house. And I ask her why she wants this. And I uncover that she wants less space and really a new different environment for herself and her family. And when I asked her more about that, and how she'll feel when she has that. She said that she would no longer be constantly reminded of the past and she would feel less sad. She expects to feel more content in the new house and be able to move forward. So really, it's not the house itself. It's those emotions that she really is after in trying to get a new house. She wants to be able to feel content, not be feeling sad, and be able to move forward in her life. So there's no problem with wanting a new house, but recognizing that what you really want is to feel the peace and contentment and be ready for a new life is a powerful realization because those feelings are available at any time, regardless of the house you're living in. 
You can still sell your house and buy a new house, but you can start feeling those feelings right away. And you can focus on those feelings if you do buy the new house. You know what you're tapping into. Typically, we don't like the way negative emotion feels most of the time. So a lot of our behavior is an attempt to change or avoid negative feelings. Now, understanding this is also critical because people are unaware of what they're feeling most of the time, and they're certainly unable to label their feelings. Remember that in the coaching model, as I described it to you, that C-T-F-A-R, I define the feeling as a vibration in the body that's caused by a thought. That's the T line. C is the circumstance, T is the thought you're having about it, and the F line is the feeling that thought creates. It's different than a sensation. A sensation is a vibration that starts in your body and it goes to your brain. A sensation is like when you step down on a sharp rock and your foot sends the pain signal to your brain that makes you immediately pick your foot back up fast off the rock. That's a sensation. It's not a feeling. Hunger is a sensation. It starts in your body to send a signal to the brain to eat. A feeling is your brain sending a signal down into your body. It's the opposite direction. It's important that you learn to recognize the difference between a feeling and a sensation and to understand that everything we do or don't do is all about how we want to feel. Remember in that model, right below the F line is the A line, which is the actions. It's what we do in our lives. Sometimes what we're doing in our lives is all about how we don't want to feel. Because we know it's going to feel awful. A lot of people won't take a risk and try something new because they think if I fail, I'm going to feel embarrassed. I'm going to feel disappointed. Those are awful feelings. So I would rather just not even try it at all because I don't want to feel those things. Of course, going down that road will keep you from ever trying anything new and exciting in your life. You will never be able to succeed at something if you're trying to avoid those feelings. If you can feel those feelings and be okay about it and say, hey, it's worth trying it. The worst that's going to happen is I'm going to feel that feeling. Then you're unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. I can feel any feeling. Sure, it's uncomfortable. Some of them are really uncomfortable. If I feel ashamed, wow, that's a hard one to process. To just sit there and feel shame for 90 seconds is tough. But if I can feel shame, then I'm not worried about doing something that I'm going to be ashamed of. Not saying I could go do something bad, but I mean, I could try something new, something exciting in my business. And I know if it fails and I feel shame that I failed, doesn't matter. I can feel the shame. That's the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to feel shame. The best that's going to happen is what I try works. And I've got some amazing new program or some amazing new content to share with my clients, right? So feelings truly matter for all the reasons that I've talked about on this episode. The first is to remember when you are trying to resist a negative emotion, you're going to make it worse. 
You want to just be able to allow that. And if you're willing to feel any emotion, then you're willing to show up in the world in a way most people are not willing to. Right? That means you can probably have a life that most people are unwilling to create for themselves, widowed or not. And that's amazing. The last reason to be willing to feel is it's going to give you access to your brain. If you're willing to stop and feel what you're feeling, you're going to be able to start getting access to the thoughts that are causing that specific emotion. And some of those thoughts are going to make you really aware of what's going on with you. There's power in that. There's power in that. So this is what I've had to share with you today. The difference in understanding how feelings work and really being able to apply this is two different things. This is why I love having students come into the Widow Coaches Certification Course to certify as Widow Coaches, Widow, certify as Widow Coaches. Oh my goodness. And um, because we are applying these things, so they're really learning it on a deeper level and they're putting that the application of these things in their own lives. So they experience the truth of this and that's what allows them to go forward and coach other widows and to continue to coach themselves. So it's, you really need to begin to apply this in your life Start doing a little work with this. Start noticing your emotions and your feelings and allowing them. Ask yourself what you're thinking. Get down to the nitty gritty. So that is how you process your feelings and why your feelings are so important in your life. Go check out my new website. I'm so excited. My redesigned website just went live. It's, um, First of all, where is it? It's at Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, thelifecoach.com. Then that's just my name, Noe, Joanne, thelifecoach.com. Previously, if you had gone to check out my website, it was still basically a weight coach's website because that's what I was doing as a life coach. I was coaching Stop Overeating. I'm very passionate about why diets absolutely don't work. And what the real answer is to taking off weight. But it's been years now that I've been focusing on widows and widow coaching and coaching widows and now teaching this class and certifying widows as widow coaches. So it was high time for me to finally get the website redesigned. And I, it, I have. It's up there. It's gorgeous. Go look at it. All my podcast episodes are there, although it's better if you subscribe to them in iTunes or Google Music Play. That way you automatically get the new episodes as they come out. Um, I've got some blogs there. If you go far enough back in the blogs, you will get into my weight loss blogs. I did not want to just delete them entirely off of the site because I know there are people who find those weight loss blogs so valuable. So I left them there too. Hopefully as I go forward in the future now, I can start adding to the widow blogs. Anybody who wants to guest blog for the site, email me. I would do that. I would let you write a blog and I will put it up on my site with your byline. That would be a lot of fun. Um, anybody who wants to reach out to me, I can be reached at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. 
J-O-A-N-N, Joanne at JoanneTheLifeCoach.com is my email. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for those who have written to me or left a review in iTunes. Hearing from you guys makes this all so worth it. I will talk to you again next week. <laughs>